Amen. Well, God bless you. Good to have you here at the Life Church. Oh, why don't you at least at least wave at somebody around? You know, I mean, come on, let's let's uh, let's make ourselves friendly in the house. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, worship team. Whoo, man, I am uh, glad to to be back. This is actually my first. Um, time preaching. I, I hosted last week in, in San Angelo, but it's first time preaching since I had left in, in June. And Joanne and I, we, we took a, a little bit of time and um, had um, some vacation. And I worked on trying to do a sabbatical. That's all I can say about that. For a doer and a busy guy, that, 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 that's, I just assumed somebody take me to the woodshed and just beat me. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I, man, it, it was, uh, it was a challenge, but anyway, good to be with you this morning. Good to be here. And I know we've got some exciting things going to take place here today. And uh, I, I, I know Pastor Lane is going to probably mention this again, but, but man, my heart just, um, is so grateful. Officer Parks out here. This is his last Sunday. He's retiring from uh, Arlington PD, and y'all, y'all just man, um, show some appreciation to him and and uh, some thanks for his uh, his willingness to be here at the Life Church and and serve uh, in the capacity and that he does. Amen. As uh, as we're going to look at the Word today, I uh, I want to talk about pleasing God. Now. I think that sometimes we, we can come up with our own ideas of pleasing God. And, and yet, I, 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 uh, I try to live my life from a, a biblical worldview with, with what God says about life. And, and to be kingdom-minded. And so I, my hopes is that we can go there today and look at what God says will please Him. I mean, how many of you want to please God? I don't know about you, but I, I, I want to please God. And so I want to see what he says about it. Not what I think about it. Not what you think about it. But what does God say would please him? Because if we can do that, and, and, and let me say this. It, because here's the, here's the, even just the word please in the New Testament. It means to be fully gratified. Have you ever just been fully gratified? You know, I, I, you know, I was, I was. Uh, so, so I've been, I've been on my own a little bit here, and so uh, for dinner last night, my my wife hates seafood and and any kind of strong fish. So I went, I went and got me this nice piece of Atlantic salmon that I knew was going to smell like fish. <laughs> that Joanne would not like, and I and I doctored that up, you know, with some marinade and some some rub, and and got the smoker going. Come on, somebody, how many's mouths watering now? And uh, and and I smoked that with some asparagus, and and uh, and I, I mean, there was just it's like, oh, I was fully gratified. Well, I topped it off with some uh, butter pecan ice cream. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> and uh, so that was fully gratified. 
And I was just thinking, man, that was good. And, um, and so, uh, but t- for, for God to, to, to be pleased and to be fully gratified with our lives, that's, that's where I'm wanting to go. And, and really, I'm, I'm, for sake of time, I'm kind of shortening it a little bit. I'll touch on it. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of faith. I mean, it is all about faith. But, in, in, and you'll see that, that in verse 5, it talks about Enoch and how Enoch walked with God. And, and he pleased God and he wasn't there. Well, how did he please God? Well, verse 6 tells us clearly how he pleased God. He said, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. To have God fully gratified. Without faith, see, sometimes I think if we're, if we're not careful, we, we, we focus on a lot of other areas. And when we talk about faith, is it connected to love? Yes, faith works by love, the Bible teaches. Does faith need patience? It does. Does faith need hope? Absolutely, but, but faith is not hope. Hope is the picture. Faith, we're going to talk about, is what helps that picture become a reality. And here he says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. That he is what? (laughs) That he is. He is our all in all and our everything. He is. And that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. He is a rewarder. So in this life of, of faith, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So, so I'm, I'm wanting us to kind of take this down and really look at, at, at some, some things concerning faith so that we, we maybe can have a better understanding of it so that we're able to better express that toward our God in everyday life, in every situation, so that our lives are pleasing to Him. I want my life to please God. I, I want to, I want to, you know, I've just, I've tried to do that. You know, I, I waited till, till in my early 20s before finally my, my granny prayed me in. <laughs> fasting and praying, I should say. It, prayers alone wasn't enough. She had to fast and pray. And involve my aunt. She was one of them wild Christians. <laughs> and and they, 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 they were like, Walt Landers coming to Jesus whether he likes it or not. And so I got saved, born again in my bedroom and completely set free from all kinds of addiction and sin. And, and, and when, when, it, when that life transformation happened in my life, I just never looked back. And so... All these years, I, I just I've tried to just align my life to, to live for God and to please Him, to um, to one day at the end of my life, at whenever that is, at whatever time that is, that I can stand before Him and hear, "Well done." See, ultimately, that, that, that still won't happen. Now, 
I know that we're, we're born again if you've, if you've made Jesus Lord of your life. And, and so it's not the white throne judgment, but the judgment seat of Christ, there is still going to be an account. God keeps good books, how we live our lives and what we do with our lives. And it's not based on looking at somebody else's life. I don't know about you, I'm, I'm glad for that. <laughs> so I'm not having to measure up to somebody else's, what God's given their assignment to be. What has God called me to be? What has God called me to do? And if I'm faithful there, then when we stand before Him, well done, my good and faithful servant. And that's what I believe that should be in the heart of each one of us. But I believe we should start now with desiring to please Him. Well, it's through a, a life of faith. And so when you think about faith, faith, I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of a definition, kind of break it down. Faith is to have total reliance, complete assurance to, and if you go to the Amplified Version, it, it expounds on, on some of this, and to, to be fully persuaded and to have absolute confidence that's the God kind of faith. That's the biblical faith. It's not a mental ascent where, you know, you can get talked into something. Listen, if you can get talked into something, somebody can talk you out of something. But where it's so real to you that you have, you have completely anchored your whole life to that. Total reliance. There's, there's a complete surrender to it. You are assured. You're, you're totally confident. That's the biblical kind of faith. So how does that happen? Well, I believe that faith begins where the will of God is known. If you just even look at the heroes of faith, it, it, it always came somehow back to what God's will was. And there was usually a commandment of some sort. And there had to be corresponding action. There had to be obedience. So faith says, here's the will of God. And based upon the will of God, I'm willing to have corresponding action with that. And we'll, we'll go deeper into some of that here in a minute. Faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. See, it's not moved by what you see in the natural. Just, I love, I love the stories of Jesus and those miracles and just watching Him move among people and being able to, to, to get them to respond in faith to receive their miracle. And it, 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 over and over, it contradicted what was in the natural. Now, we do that in, in different ways. And we put confidence in all kinds of things. I, I was thinking about this. And, and um, so, so, again, West Texas and out there with, with some guys. And we, we hunt and fish. And, you know, that's, that's just part of 
you know, West Texas culture and all. And uh, with, with some of the guys, we had been on this deer lease, and, and uh, I'd gotten off some years ago, but they were having to move everything off. They sold the ranch. And so we're out there loading stuff up and getting it all. And, and, uh, and there's this one uh, mountain for West Texas. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> it still took four-wheel drive. And, and, and it's rough. And we're bouncing and trying to get up that thing and, and get up there. And, and then we're loading another blind that was up on top, deer blind, and, and getting it on the trailer and all. And I notice, where's my phone? And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. And I just bought a new phone. I've, how many of you husbands, you know, that, that your wife helps on the finance side and the first thought is, she's going to kill me? <laughs> it's not, man, that costs a lot. No, it's like, she's going to really say it costs a lot. <laughs> and, and... I better be careful. I better not even go there. Joanne's not here to even defend herself. But just saying, I'd probably still be using a flip phone if, anyway. <laughs> I was 50 before I bought my first brand new vehicle. <laughs> just saying. Don't like playing retail anyway. But I, I, was, I was panicking. And so I, I kind of looked around. I looked on the tractor that we had with us and and just, I'm like, I don't know where it's at. And, and I'm thinking, okay, we've got to get this done. I'm going to have to come back. I'm going to have to backtrack and go find this phone. But I get in the pickup, and I notice that my pickup says, connected to Walt's phone. And so I start looking. I get out. I'm opening doors. I'm digging around. I'm under the seats. And I'm like, I can't, I can't find the phone. And so finally, I'm like, well, let's try it. And I punch on and I call somebody. And I'm talking to them. But I don't know where my phone's at. But obviously, it's somewhere in that pickup. And I finally just realized, you know what? I'll find it eventually. I'm going to trust it says connected. And I drove on. And I'm talking on the phone. I thought, well, I'll stay talking on the phone because if I get out of range, it'll drop it. But it never dropped it. And finally, you know, on up the road there when we pulled over and we were checking all the stuff and everything, I, I went back, I opened the doors again, and it had bounced off and had gone all the way back into the behind the back seat back there and was hiding. If my wife would have been there, she'd have found it the first time. But come on, all you men, all you women can say amen. <laughs> you men know what I'm talking about. I couldn't find it. It's right there. <laughs> but I had to have faith that it was connected, that it was still there. We, we probably live this way more than what we realize in so many areas of our lives, that we've got trust and confidence and reliance in all kinds of things. 
why not shift that toward God? So how do we, how do we really take a deep dive? Because I was, I was, you know, I've taught this in the past, but probably not in this way and, 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 and all, but, you know, and, and so as a preacher, I'm always looking for some confirmation. So we were at Promise Keepers, and right off the bat, the first guy out, man, is Jonathan Evans, which is Dr. Tony Evans' son. And he was talking about him and his dad and just how much he admires his father, you know, of just all the accomplishments of, of planning a great church and growing a huge church. He, he was the first um, African-American to, to graduate with his doctorate from from the Baptist uh, Theological Seminary. He was, he, he was just the first in so many ways, in so many errors, in, in, in areas. You know, chaplain with the Cowboys, chaplain with the Mavericks, and, and just, just the things that he's accomplished is just amazing with his life. And he was like, Dad, how did you do this? He said, you really want to know? And Jonathan was like, yes, I want to know. He said, go read Hebrews chapter 11. He's like, no, Dad, I want you to talk to me. How did... He said, go read Hebrews chapter 11. And Jonathan said he went and he began reading Hebrews chapter 11. Of all the different ones that by faith, by faith, whether it was with Enoch, whether it was with, with Noah, whether it was with Abraham, Sarah, and you just keep going down the list. All by faith with all those things that were accomplished. And next thing you know, that, that chapter was like flowing out of him. You can tell he put it on the inside of him. Which I believe is the first thing we've got to do. We need to put the word of God in us. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And the will of God should first be founded upon the Word of God. Because most of what God has for our lives is pretty much in the Word. And there are, there are truths that we should be living out, that our lives should be aligned to, that that's where it starts. And when we've started there, I believe God will add to it and give us specific direction. Certain things. Because God's word, it, you can rely on it, it just in, in so many ways. You know, not, not too long ago, I, I had a situation that went on and I felt like that, that um, um, some had really done me wrong. Come on, how many ever felt there? <laughs> I, I'm the only one? Come on. And, uh, and I was like, and I was wrestling with it. And it was fresh enough that that, that one night, now, now again, again, you know, I was, um, I was a, I don't know how to say this. I, okay, I was a sinner and I was good at it. And I, and I loved to fight when I was young. And so that was a problem. <laughs> so that thing has always kind of been there. Fight first, let's make up and be friends later. 
You know, and I, some of my closest best friends, actually, we duked it out and had, you know, you know childhood fights, and, and then we were buddies. Now, you ladies, that doesn't work for y'all. I had three, I got three daughters. Listen, I, I always said, boys on the basketball court can pretty much referee that game themselves if they know that they've got to do it. With ladies, that's a cat fight. They better have some referees. <laughs> just saying. But in me, I always just kind of had that, you know. And, and so, so I'm trying to manage that and give that to God. And, and it's like, okay, God, I, 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 I don't want to step into this. I want to be able to walk this out in forgiveness and, and deal with this. And I'm trying and I'm struggling. And, and literally, I am, I am on my face in prayer. And I have a passage of scripture that just came to me that I wasn't even familiar with. I didn't know what it was going to say. <laughs> and I go to that passage of scripture, and it was exactly what I needed in that moment. It was as if God described the situation and basically said, You hold back, you reframe, I got this. And I'm telling you, I went to sleep. I had a great night of sleep. But the Word of God did that. You got to go to the to the to the Word as a source of of allowing God to put something on the inside of you. That all of a sudden you're walking with God from a place of faith. And then the next one is. I believe that you really, you, you, there, there is power in your words. And when you look at the operation of faith, so much is about what we say. You can talk yourself out of a blessing. I believe you can talk yourself right out of a miracle of God. And if you'll look in Scripture... Even God, even in this passage here in Hebrews, it says that God, He spoke, He framed the worlds through His words. It says that God calls things that are not as though they are. God speaks. Jesus did that. He spoke to the storm. He spoke to situations. His words, the centurion there in Matthew chapter 8, received the, the highest um, accolade, if you will, of his faith, where Jesus, when, when, upon this centurion and what he did, Jesus said, I hadn't, I hadn't found such great faith. Well, what did he do? He said, Jesus, my servant is at home sick. Just speak the word, and I know that he'll be healed. Just speak it. Just say it. Come on, one word from God and change your life. Well, what would happen if we started saying what God says? <laughs> See, what here, here, here's can I I'm just being transparent because you know I'm I, I live in this human frame too. And you know, a lot of a lot of times, you know, people think that pastors are super saints. Nah. Now we, we have life struggles and we got the same, we 
you know, we don't have a legion of angels waking us up every morning with hallelujah courses. No, we drag ourselves out of bed just like anybody else. <laughs> We're working to, to, to live this out, to, to put this into us and our, our lives. And so, so with this, I, I've just, I've just have caught myself to where sometimes it's easier to speak about the problem and make that thing bigger than the God. They can conquer the problem. They can answer life's situation. That's why the Bible teaches so much through the Scripture of, oh, magnify the Lord. Because you start magnifying Him, all of a sudden that situation just doesn't quite seem as big. So I've, I've, just, I've just had a fresh commitment, even within myself, to, to just get, get back in this place of, you know what, I want to I watch my mouth. Because Jesus, Jesus taught this. He said, by your words you're justified, and by your words you're condemned. Yikes. <laughs> and there is life and death in the power of your tongue, Proverbs says. And in, in, the, in the words that we speak, I, wanna, I want them to be aligned to what God is saying. Even about myself. And I, cause I, I've even found, you know, that sometimes, you know, you, you're trying to, trying to make sure that you stay humble. Because <laughs> I know what James says. Humble yourself or he's going to humble you. <laughs> so I just soon humble myself. <laughs> But listen, God doesn't want us beating up ourselves. God doesn't want us speaking less of us than what He says about us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has created us for greatness. God has destiny. Not a, not, listen, destiny is not a destination. It's a journey that our lives should be being lived out. It does please Him. Listen, if your life is aligned to His will and pleasing Him, walking by faith, I promise you, your life, you'll enjoy it. Now, will it have possibly some challenges? Oh, yeah, no doubt. We have faced all kinds of things. But you know what I can say? God is faithful. Now, did some things not work out? Yeah. And you know what I have had to realize? That some of that was my poor choices. Sometimes it's easy to blame someone else, easy to blame God. But if we're not careful, we, we will look past. Now, he, he doesn't want you beating yourself up. You go back to the Word. Jesus has already paid that price. For us to be received. That's, that's why I love the passages that come boldly before the throne of grace and find grace and mercy in time of need. That's only possible if you're really seeing God for who He is. That He's a loving God. He's not there to just smack you and beat you up every time you mess up. 
But begin to say that. Begin to declare that. And then the last truth here is that our life has to take on an action. There's still an obedience factor that's in this. And you got to look at that. you got to connect to that. And you got to say, okay, God, I, d- I may not have it all figured out. I don't know what all this, this means or where this is leading, but at least do something to move in that direction. And it's amazing what God can happen. I, I, I look at all the major miracles, even the small things, to be honest. And, and just where I have definitely brought God into that situation, whether by my own initiation or from a place of deep, dark need and being put on my face (laughs) and crying out to God. There comes, usually there's, there's always something then that he's asking for us to do. And if we'll begin to take that step, And sometimes that's all it takes is just a step. Just begin. And from that place, it's amazing the grace of God, what will happen in your life. Don't sell yourself short. Man, I sense that so strong here today. Don't sell yourself short. I've been so blessed. I was encouraged. I listened to a great testimony from uh, Bianca Juarez. Uh, what? Ofoff has a book, new book out called How to Not Make Your Life Suck. <laughs> that's, that's the title of her book. She grew up on the east side of L.A. in the impoverished area couldn't read at 12 years old couldn't read and yet this this young lady has gone on to do some amazing things wrote a book (laughs) her and her husband have a church out there they have businesses they've just and i was just listening to this young lady still really pretty young and how much she's already accomplished but she said when she made finally that commitment to the Lord and gave God her life and sold out and just believed that God could use her. We, we listened at Promise Keepers to others like Nick, what is it, how do you say his name? Bullshit? Anyway, the Australian with no, no arms, no legs. They set him up there on the platform on a special platform and he set up there no arms no legs he's got a book out called no limits no arms no legs and it's it's a, a remarkable what he's done including married and kids and living life making a difference in the world I hear those stories and it's like okay god you're doing it for them Come on, you you can still do this with me. What is it that God's spoken to you? What is it that's stirring in your heart? Come on. 
You serve a big God. If you've given your life to Him, God's for you, not against you. He wants to do something, I believe, with your life. And if we're willing to fully surrender that to Him, come on, take some limits off. Stop saying, but God. I mean, I did this for years. It was like, God, yeah, he, I felt Him asking me to do certain things, especially with all our schools and stuff. I'm like, God, I mean, I got educated on the north side of San Angelo. Don't you know where I came from? <laughs> Come on. Like, we parked our cars in the yard. <laughs> Come on, lighten up a little. <laughs> we had chickens and animals. <laughs> I'm like, you want me to do what? Like, God, don't you know who you're asking to do this? I think that's when God delights in it the most. Says, yeah, watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to use them. Don't discount. I feel like today someone has really downplayed your life. And God's wanting to do something so much bigger than you ever imagined. And you, you've got an idea about it, and it, but when it stirs up in you, you try and squash it down. You try and discount it. You write it off. You're like, you look at your life, you look at yourself, and you give all the excuses of why you won't, wouldn't be able to do it. And I just feel like God's trying to really bring that to the surface today. And if you'll honor Him, and you'll just say, okay, God, here it is, my life. It's yours. Get ready for something big. Because I believe God's got something big in that. Let's pray. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Lane. But Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for having your way in our lives. And Father, I just pray that if, if there's anyone here that is not sure about even salvation, but even this message of faith, that they would respond today knowing that you paid the price through your death, burial, and resurrection. That the blood of Jesus was shed for all. And that they can call upon your name and say yes to you to be Lord of their lives. If that's you today, why not just right there where you're at, just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender to you. For others, maybe you've held back. And there's some things that you know are stirring in you today, and you're just going to say, God, I'm just going to give that to you. Maybe you lost hope. Maybe things didn't turn out right. Maybe you were disheartened. But why not just in a fresh way just offer that back to God and say, God, I may not understand why that didn't work out, but I'm still going to trust you. Father, we just offer ourselves to you. Thank you for having your way. Father, I just pray for each one of these. Lord, even with the teaching today, that you seal this in our hearts and that you'll help each one of us in our own lives, whatever that looks like, to begin to embrace this, to begin to pursue you, to begin to uh, get into your word, to begin to look to you as the source in every area of life. 
and not to be so self-sufficient that we don't have to trust you, that we don't trust you, that we don't turn to you, even in times of need, that we're going to make you first place. And Father, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.